More forwards are needed, more size, more speed, more skill, more humans. But let's today take a look at who's already there. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. Same place you found this. Hope you'll check those out. Ron Hextall seems to have acknowledged that he's got more moves to make. I maintain that he'd better have more moves to make because he still has too many defensemen and not enough of all those things I just mentioned up front. But Hextall also was careful to stress after the acquisitions of Jeff Petrie and Ty Smith over the weekend that he likes the forwards that he has. Now, he also said in Montreal that he likes the defensemen that he has before he ended up trading half of them. So let's start out with a little bit of inventory, just going through some line combinations, really. Let's presume that Sid stays together with Jake and Rust. Whether they do or not doesn't really matter for this particular exercise, but that would leave as your most likely second liners, Evgeny Malkin between Jason Zucker and Ricard Raquel. And yeah, I know Raquel should be with Sid and Russ should be whatever. Again, doesn't matter for this. What you're trying to do here is figure out who's your top six. These guys are a pretty clearly delineated top six in this group. Here are the rest of the forwards. And these are in no order and no potential line combinations or anything. Just their names. Jeff Carter, Teddy Bluger, Drew O'Connor, Radim Zahorna, Brock McGinn, Kasperi Kapanen, and the Three new guys, Drake Kajula, Josh Archibald, and Ryan Poling. Each of the latter three bring something very different to the team. Uh, Kajula and Archibald are more of the squirt bug speedster types. They can do different things. They play 200 feet, and occasionally, in Archibald's case, he'll pop a couple. Poling is a little different. He's still younger. Uh, he was seen as a legit prospect in Montreal. He comes with size, decent speed, and some skill. We'll see how these guys shake out. I'm pretty confident, though, in saying that no one looks at that group that I just rattled off and thinks to themselves, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Let's just stop there. That's a bottom six that can compete for the Stanley Cup. No. Just no. They make for adequate depth, and they make for systemic guys. Don't confuse that with system guys. System guys are the ones that scoot back and forth to the minors. When I say systemic here, I'm referring back to that three-game trip across Canada that the Penguins made last November where they were missing a ton of players. Remember that? Most of them up front, and they ended up winning in Montreal, Toronto, and Winnipeg, I covered all three legs of that trip, and they did it through these types of forwards, the systemic guys that just come in and see Mike Sullivan's system and know how it fits them and just activate. Sully loves those guys, can't get enough of them. And you know what? You can win with those guys in the regular season. They're not going to win you anything in the playoffs. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. 
where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. But hey, let's go ahead and try. Let's try, just for the sake of uh, checking off a box here, to put these guys into actual line combinations. Let's try, for example, to put Jeff Carter at center, which he would tell you that he doesn't even have a natural position between center and right wing, but it's always felt like, including going back to his L.A. days, that he's got more of a flow to his game when he's in the middle. Plus, he's a good face-off guy, et cetera, et cetera. So let's put Carter at center on the third line. And then if you look at the rest of these guys, and this is where Kapanen comes in, and I just continue to have no idea what it is that they're waiting for with him. But now that Kapanen's taking them to arbitration, apparently he's going to stick around. So if you have Carter flanked by Kapanen, and let's put um, Drew O'Connor on the left wing, just so that two out of the three forwards on that line will play in a straight line versus whatever it is that Kapanen's going to do over there. You have at least a couple of bigger guys who can uh, force the play, force the forecheck, make things happen. All right? Are we all right with that? Okay, whatever. That's your third line. Fourth line, Teddy Bluger's going to be your center. Brock McGinn will be one of the wingers. And now you've got four guys, again, referencing only what's on the current roster in Zahorna, Kajula, Archibald, and Poling. And none of that's even taking into account that they still might bring Danton Heinen back. Who knows how they feel about Evan Rodriguez? They've made no indications in that regard, but Evan Rodriguez is a guy who was pretty nice little surprise for them, at least in the first half of last season, and no one would ever question his effort. What do you got there? Is that enough? No, I don't think so either. But then you know what else I don't think? I don't think that you've got a true top six if Zucker's up there. And I say that as someone who kind of likes Zucker's game. Zucker is not dependable when it comes to being on the ice, being available. That can sound mean sometimes when you say it. Not every player who's had repeated injuries, is Bo Bennett. Although Bo is a great sport about that, choking on social media to this day. Zucker can't stay on the ice. When he does, and when he gives the extraordinary effort that you saw from him in the Rangers series, he's a nice player with some skill. Is he top six? Again, that's hard for me to bank on if I'm Ron Hextall. I would still love to see the Penguins utilize whatever funds they can create by moving a defenseman or two defensemen, as I'm hoping to see, and get themselves an impact left winger. Now, the risk that you're running, as ever when it comes to Gino, is you just don't know who's going to fit with him. That's not to suggest that he's some sort of you know stubborn, incompatible, malcontent or whatever. He's at times, shown to be more compatible and more flexible with line mates than Sid. It's just that the team currently has a lot of wingers who are good for Sid. So that's where my focus would go. Now, that's not going to be easy. A, they've got to clear the additional cap space. 
B, they've got to find somebody who's willing to move a player like that. So if I were betting here, it would be that you would see someone like Heinen come back. And I thought Heinen and Gino played pretty well together, and Heinen obviously can pop some goals. Notably at 5-on-5, which hasn't been Gino's strength over the past couple of years. Look, whatever the case is, they're not done. They're not done. When we come back, J1Q. And today's J1Q comes from David, who asks, DK, is Ron Hextall assembling a hockey version of the old over-the-hill gang? Does that line up with Mike Sullivan's seeming reluctance to play younger players? No, no, and no. What they're looking for here, and I can't stress this strongly enough, although I knew it was going to come with the Jeff Petrie acquisition, is to give Sidney Crosby and this group one last chance to win another Stanley Cup. That's it. Whoever the players are that come along are going to be players that they feel are the best fit for that three-year span. That's it. That's where Petrie comes in. If you've watched Petrie at all in Montreal, particularly a couple years ago, when he was amazing for the first half of the regular season, still played fairly well down the stretch, and then was a big, big reason the Habs were able to get to the final, along with, of course, Carey Price and Shea Weber. But this is a really good hockey player. This is somebody who, quite honestly, they haven't had on the right side behind Chris Letang. And, you know, because he's capable of playing both sides, he might be the guy that's paired with Letang, unless the Penguins try something with P.O. Joseph. We'll see how that goes once training camp starts. Are they a little old for what you would normally see uh, making it to a final? Yeah. Yeah. 82 games and then 16 W's is a lot to ask of a group that's got a bunch of over 30 players. And they do. They do. But I feel that Brian Dumoulin is one of those guys that the Penguins might be most inclined to trade. It's been kind of a quiet undercurrent, both inside and outside the organization, but his play fell off. Uh, he would still have the occasional game where you'd say, wow, Dumo, man, that's championship form. There was a game he played up in Boston uh, that I covered this past regular season where I thought he was the best player on the rink for either team. But that hasn't been there. It just hasn't. He's got one year left on his contract. He's got a $4 million cap hit. Somebody somewhere would probably really welcome having a player of Dumoulin's uh, achievements, pedigree, and character and adding him not just to their roster, but also to their payroll. And in that event, that's when, if you're Hextall, you'll take the trade just to clear the cap space, just so that you have that money free to maybe fortify something else up front. But in the process, also, you become younger, theoretically anyway, depending on who you get back. But Dumo's 31. And if you work in, additionally, Zahorna, O'Connor, let's say polling, who 
does have a profile that he can make an impact in the NHL still. Now the team that you're putting on the ice on a regular basis is a good bit younger. But no, no, no. They're not trying to get old players because Sullivan won't play the young ones. I have been, and just was again yesterday, critical of Sullivan for his reluctance to use young guys to even give them a chance to prove to him what they can do. And he still has to show that this means something, but he spoke openly in Montreal just last week about wanting to see more from O'Connor and Zohorna and challenging them to be at their best coming into camp. Okay, great. Well, let's make some of it about the players then, too, because it is. John Marino showed up here uh, in the trade with Edmonton but had never taken so much as a shift of professional ice hockey when he was at the Penguins camp three years ago, he goes out there and he wins a job in the first like five drills. He left nobody any choice but to have him make the team. And we have seen that with other players over the years, more often defensemen than forwards. But, you know, let somebody else do that. Put that pressure on the kids, too. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. 